of This Week in Sustainability, where we make sense of sustainability that's in the news for everyone. You might remember last week in This Week in Sustainability, we talked a little bit about KFC, who was introducing a meatless or a chickenless chicken nugget. Apparently, it was pretty good. And you're looking good. Not to be outdone or left behind. This week, Starbucks decided to roll out, or at least announce, it was going to roll out its own plant-based meat sandwich as part of its migration towards a more environmentally friendly menu. Migrating? Hmm. That seems like a rather slow concept for Starbucks, which is really kind of a trend-setting company. Think about all the different drinks we have now that we didn't have before. The Seattle-based company better get a move on. It turns out that about 40% of all Americans are looking actively to integrate plant-based meat into their diets. That's pretty crazy, right? The Seattle-based chain said it's going to introduce its own meatless breakfast patties throughout Canada and the United States sometime this year. Who's next? Olive Garden? Applebee's? Chili's maybe? McDonald's? The Sustainability Tribe knows a few things, and one thing that we do know is that we cannot wait for the 2050 a date set by so-called experts to keep the global temperature, the average global temperature, down below 1.5 degrees Celsius, otherwise known as the irreversible environmental impact calamity temperature. That's why we ought to stand up and cheer the UK government's announcement this week that it will bring forward its ban on diesel and hybrid uh, vehicles from 2040 to 20. 35. That's a good thing, right? We should all stand up and, 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 but not, not, not too loud, not too loud. Because you need to know Ireland, Denmark, and the Netherlands are set to phase out not just diesel, but petrol and diesel vehicles by 2030. And going one step further, Norway is going to do all that by 2025. That's less than five years from now. It seems British Prime Minister Boris Johnson is feeling a little climate crisis heat these days. In fact, he's getting serious. He said, oh, 2020 must be the year we turn the tide on global warming. Oh, my British accent always sounds better in the bar. But anyways, it's hard to trust Boris, but maybe we should just a little bit this time because this sounds serious. Yet, as Mike Childs, uh, a representative from Friends of the Earth, great organization, said, even with this new target date of 2035, the UK is still in the slow lane. Well, it's the classic test. Two glasses of water on the table and behind each, an expert. White smock and all that. One is full of plain water. The other has a single drop of Roundup. Bayer Monsanto's broad-spectrum glyphosate-based herbicide. You know, the stuff that kills weeds. Bolstered by dozens of peer-reviewed research articles linking glyphosate uh, and cancer, the first expert, well, she'll tell you that the World Health Organization recently declared Roundup as a possible carcinogenic to human being. Carcinogenic? You know, any agent or substance that tend to produce a cancer. The second expert from the chemical industry, well, they'll tell you, don't worry, just a few problems with the birds and the bees. Nothing to bother humans about. Never mind humans or mammals. And never mind Roundup's potential damage to the biodiversity of the planet either. Weeds are critical to biodiversity, didn't you know? And they're not always bad. My dad used to make, you know, dandelion wine, you know, little 
yellow flowers that would sprout up on your lawn and everybody would get mad and try and dig them up. Well, he used to make wine out of those things. We used to have to go pick them up and get yellow hands. It was fun, but we didn't like the wine very much. Lorianne Bird, quite an apropos name for somebody who works at the Center for Biological Diversity. She recently said the Trump Environmental Protection Agency assertion that glyphosates uh, pose no risk to human health disregards independent science in favor of confidential industry research confidential that means we can't see it and industry profits she says this is a trump administration alliance with barra monsanto nothing more nothing less now i can tell you i sprayed this roundup stuff in my youth on the corn crops i used to work on a dairy farm on vancouver island in canada and i can tell you it's a complex stewy awful smell chemically oh it stays with you it's got this vivid reminder in your nasal passage for months and months after you sprayed it e even to this day i can remember the smell of roundup and that's like 30 40 40 years ago yeah and i don't know what's in it i didn't know what was in it at the time but i can tell you this i knew it couldn't have been good so why take the risk Agroecological solutions are so much better. Better for human health, better for the habitats and the ecologies that we need to thrive in. And so are backyard and front yard gardens. Forget about having a nice lawn, plant a garden. And both of these options lead to less subservience to big chem and big ag vested interests. So what can you do? BlackRock is invested in Barra Monsanto. Maybe your own investment advisor has you invested in Barra Monsanto. Check it out. And if you are, write a letter. Tell them you don't want any carcinogenic stuff in your portfolio. Uh, Home Depot and Lowe's, they also sell this stuff. Now, it may not be reasonable to boycott the, these two companies, but you can do what I like to do. When I go into a store and I see something that I don't like on the shelves, when I get to the cash register, I say very politely, hey, do you know you're selling Roundup? That causes cancer. And say it just loud enough so like eight or nine people around you can hear what you're saying. That might give them incentive not to buy the stuff. You could also remind them that both Home Depot and Lowe's have several lawsuits pending against them for selling the nasty stuff. Also, you can check out the Climate Victory Garden at the link below. That's Green America. It's a great organization. We love them. Yesterday, I was speaking to Paulo Vieira, a PhD student out of Brazil, and he's studying corporate sustainability communications. What Paulo is trying to understand is how companies express sustainability via social media. Typically led by communications teams, uh, companies on Twitter, for example, engage stakeholders, uh, but it's hard to come off as something less than, well, a marketer or a clandestine focus group leader. And of course, there is the terrifying potential for negative and massive backlash from any number of sustainability tweets if a company uh, misrepresents, even in the tiniest ways. I don't envy any corporate sustainability communication expert because we know unhappy or bland engagements are so much easier to score than a successful one. On, on LinkedIn, by contrast, there's a bit more professional to professional dialogue. This makes individuals a little bit more cautious because after all it is their reputation on the line not just the companies we also talked about who's who in sustainability press and we both agreed that the guardian leads the sustainability mass media market by a long shot but others are jumping in all the time there's some even time magazine is fantastic these days and bloomberg is getting real oh mike that doesn't mean you get my vote
mainstream media is doing more and better sustainability reporting than ever before. And that's a good thing, right? More applause. So right after talking with Paolo, I got my Fast Company daily, you know, notice in the in my inbox. And now I don't normally like to promote anybody. I don't know. That's true. I plug people all the time. But normally they send out their email and you get one, maybe two articles on sustainability. But today, well, that was two days ago now. There was not one, not two, but three great sustainability articles in the same issue how fantastic is that something on the north face and clothes that last forever sugar substitute using waste foods uh, apples and pears and this kind of stuff and a danish energy company that's going to be all renewables by 2025 so a great big sustainability shout out to you fast company and to all the other media outlets now taking sustainability much more seriously than ever before now, in some more positive news this week, uh, the mammoth $7 trillion asset manager, BlackRock, questioned Siemens. Can you imagine this? Questioned Siemens at their annual general meeting about the German company's contract to help develop the enormous Carmichael coal project down under in Australia. Greenpeace calls it a greenwashing move by BlackRock CEO Larry Fink, particularly seeing how much coal and fossil fuel remains in the U.S. investors portfolio. Others, and I might be one of them, see it as a baby step by BlackRock towards meeting the terms of Fink's, Larry Fink's, January letter to the world proclaiming stakeholder environmental virtue must come first. I'll let you decide, cynic or optimist. You know where I stand. But I will say this, in the context of the long, slow, incremental evolution of companies and investors towards greater sustainability and the still fairly clubby big corporate world, this is a notable intervention. So what's the big deal? Well, I asked my friend Alice Korngold of Korngold Consulting to tell us a little bit more about why it is such a big deal that BlackRock is actually talking with Siemens. Hi, Mark. Thank you for having me on your program. What BlackRock says and does is important. With $6 trillion in assets under management, BlackRock is the largest asset management fund and one of the most powerful in the world. It matters because we must move in the right direction for Paris goals in order to avert the greatest harm in the near future from climate change. It's not just about what's good for humanity. There's also a compelling business case for companies Physical risks associated with climate change already cause negative financial impacts. BlackRock's own research suggests climate change poses a growing threat to valuations and the creditworthiness of many state and local governments, real estate companies, and the electric utility sector. And as economies transition to cleaner energy sources, fossil fuel companies are dragging down investment returns. These losses are not good for BlackRock, its clients, and its own investors. It's time for BlackRock and other asset managers to increase their ambition on climate action. Larry Fink's annual letter, always an influential signal in the asset management world, is a good place to start. Larry Fink's letter says that climate change has become a defining factor in companies' long-term prospects. He also says that climate risk is investment risk. He calls for board directors to be held accountable, and he calls for transparency and disclosure. 
He's saying the right things. Let's see what happens. What should we be looking for then for BlackRock to do to advance its sustainability uh, impact? What we need to look for is for BlackRock and other investors to put demands in three ways. On corporate boards to extend their advisory and oversight functions to climate-related risks and opportunities. Two, to put demands on companies to disclose climate-related risks and opportunities. In fact, the TCFD, the Task Force for Climate-Related Financial Disclosures, provides a framework for that. And three, to put demands on companies to set science-based emission reduction targets. Meantime, investors must remember that they can vote with their feet when it comes to where they invest their money. And to that point, the interest in ESG investing continues to grow. Thank you for having me. Bye-bye. Well, thanks for your insights, Alice. Always a pleasure to have you on the show. Look forward to speaking with you again in the future. Okay, well, that's it for This Week in Sustainability. Thanks for listening. I'm Mark D'Souza Shields. I'm your host of This Week in Sustainability. If you want to learn a little bit more about how you can bring more sustainability into your life, check out the sustainablecentury.net uh, where you'll find videos and podcasts, articles, and even a few DIY projects. And remember, it's up to you, it's up to us to make this a happier and healthier world.